This is the Oanda Podcast. Brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where each week we preview and review all the big business and market stories from around the world with Oanda Senior Market Analysts. And this week, Ed Moyer in New York and Craig Erlen in London. How are you doing, guys? Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, very good. Thanks. It's been a dramatic day so far. We speak on Friday afternoon around about three o'clock UK time. But the big news of this morning, global markets falling sharply uh, following that breaking news that President Trump had tested positive for coronavirus. Certainly this uh, morning's shocking news adding to the almost surreal uncertainty around these days. The market's already fretting about the election. We've seen President Trump question the validity of a Biden win if that happens because of postal fraud. Should the president be absent during this period? That could mean even more complications with the election. Ed, can I start with you? It's just adding to the levels and levels of uncertainty just based around this election, let alone coronavirus. Completely agree with you. I think uh, Trump, you know, sadly, he has joined the short list of world leaders to become infected with COVID. And uh, markets are extremely nervous that, uh, you know, we, we were, we're dealing with a, a tremendous amount of uncertainty, as you, you highlighted before. And now we have no idea as far as, you know, how bad will the president's case be? Well, uh, given his age, his weight, um, he does fall in that high risk category and uh, you know he'll obviously have the best health care the best treatment and uh, and uh, support uh, in, in fighting this but you know the you know statistics say he does have roughly a one in three chance of having a severe case and um, you know what that can do to the campaign trail it pretty much um, and in the short term just disrupts a, a lot of uh, his events um, the debates could start to come to question so there's all these different question marks that we're we're going to have and uh, all of this happens while he has been uh, performing uh, terribly in the polls so uh, the, the the Trump campaign needed to get re-energized needed to make a strong push in this last month and uh, now the president is 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 uh is fighting uh the coronavirus and uh, i think uh, many people are um nervous that you know this is going to really uh, uh become all that washington dc is about as everyone has to get tested now we're getting you know consistent updates as far as Mnuchin didn't, uh, he tested negative, uh, uh, but then the GOP chairwoman uh, tested positive. So we're getting all these updates, you know, Washington DC might have to uh, have um, um, a big part of it shut down. And this is going to uh, not help the outlook for any stimulus. I think that it was small. I think there were chance, uh, the the opportunity of of Congress you know, narrowing that gap and reaching some type of $2 trillion relief package, I think that has pretty much uh, evaporated. So so you're going to see um, uh, stock markets are going to be nervous. I think we saw the dollar really kind of a uh, tank and uh, it provided a little bit of a bid for gold. And, and uh, right now investors are going to be extremely uh, nervous because they're going to be waiting for all these different incremental updates. You know, how bad is the president's case? Um, you know, is this going to really make next week's vice presidential debate even more important? Um, is the president going to, uh, um, 
going to be able to uh, still lead. Um, is is uh, right now? There's reports his symptoms are mild. Uh, you know, people. Uh, the president attended a fundraiser last night, and there are some reports that people were saying he looked rather lethargic. He had cold-like symptoms. So uh, we're we're still in the early stages. We're right now information gathering. Markets are are going to uh, be a little bit nervous, but right now I think that uh, uh, this news has really put a a little bit of a damper on uh, any stimulus hopes, and uh, that's kind of where we are. And the twists and turns of this movie that we've been experiencing over the last four or five years on both sides of the Atlantic just seem to get more surreal by the minute. Very much so. And I think what we have to remember is that uh, U.S. has protocols that they're, you know, everyone is completely aware that if, if the president is incapacitated by illness, you know, the, the 25th Amendment will, you know, provide the option to, to transfer the power to Vice President Pence um, temporarily. Uh, I, I think that you're going to see that uh everyone is going to closely watch this next week because it's typically, you know, after a week, we'll really know exactly how bad the, the president's case is. And, and, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to closely, closely watch that. And, and I, I think, you know, regardless of, 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 you know, the events over the last uh, 12 hours, you're, 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 I think you, you had a lot of people that were expecting that um, if, if, if we had a Biden presidency, he was going to only serve one term. So there was a tremendous focus on this vice presidential debate uh, because this is this is likely uh, uh, going to give us our, our best look at um, Senator Kamala Harris to see if 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 she is going to be the heir apparent if, if it is a Biden victory. Uh, so so there, there's a a lot of um, focus on this VP debate um, in uh, on Wednesday, and and you know historically it it never it really does not impact markets. No one really uh, focuses on, it. And, and this time it looks like it, it will. Craig, your thoughts on this? Of course, the old cliche markets hate uncertainty is uh, well trodden, but this is taking it to the extreme, isn't it? The old cliche, as you say, it, it gets thrown about an awful lot, and I feel like in the in the last four years. It's been thrown about uh, uh, over and over again, but I think this—this, this, I mean, this is so unique. Uh, this is uh, su- such an incredible situation, really, that we're dealing with. I mean, we're literally a month away from a, a presidential election where one of the candidates' health uh, could potentially be uh, at risk, uh, and that creates a huge amount of uncertainty in itself in terms of who's going to lead the country. The fact that this is a candidate who is the incumbent and who is behind in the polls as well. Uh, just adds an extra layer on top of that. Adding again, uh, it, just it, just the the impact that this will potentially have on the outcome, how people vote, etc. I mean, it, it, it's it, there's and Ed's already alluded to as well. All these other people now being tested in Washington. Um, who who how many other people are, are going to be directly impacted by this? There's going to be a lot of people questioning whether if one candidate's ill, does this mean that the election can go ahead on November third, or could it be pushed back? Um, all of these questions are going to become far clearer, I think, over the next few days. But this is such a unique situation uh, that we're dealing with, uh, and that creates enormous uncertainty. And again, as Ed's already alluded to, it comes against the backdrop of the uh, of a situation where where the the economy is desperately in need of fiscal stimulus. And while we, 
there still seemed to be a big difference between what the Democrats want and what the Republicans want. It did feel like we were at least a little bit closer than we were maybe a week ago. But this just uh, this just throws another spanner in the works here as well. So from a, from purely from a market's perspective, the uncertainty on top of the impact that this potentially has on a, on any stimulus package, I think, is why we've uh, seen uh, the markets reacting as they have today. And in a weird way, the weekend maybe couldn't have come at a better time because it gives a couple of days for everything to sink in and for hopefully some clarity to be provided. Are you aware of the procedure in terms of the election, Ed? Um, it's obviously in the Constitution that a, you know, a date is set. And uh, what are the circumstances where the election could be delayed? I, I, th I think right now we would have to have a, you know, a public emergency to, to derail this election. Um, if, 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 let's say, uh, both candidates were ill with the virus, that would not be enough of a reason to, uh, to, to delay this election. Um, I think you're probably going to see it go on, um, regardless of, of, of these developments. It will definitely influence uh, many voters. I mean, I, I already got my mail-in vote uh, ballot, and uh, um, I, I think that uh, for, for many Americans, they're, they're already sending their ballots in. So I, I think uh, the uh, expectations that, you know, we might not get the results for a couple of weeks, that is still likely. I think that you're still going to have uh, a lot of these states won't be able to count the ballots until the day of. And uh, uh, you, you'll probably see if the battleground states that determine this election are close. Um, and uh, you, you'll, 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 I think the president's, you know, hinted he will uh, contest that election. Uh, and uh, I think the vice president, uh, if it was a, a slim margin like we saw in 2000 with, with what happened in Florida, uh, I think uh, you might see Biden contest it. But um, for the most part, I think you'll see the, the, the vote go on and uh, uh, probably, uh, I think, in the middle of November, we'll get those results. Is it inappropriate for me to suggest that perhaps the situation for President Trump could work in his favor? Obviously, we hope that he will recover but in terms of the illness, maybe he'll gain a bit more sympathy. You mentioned people are using their postal votes at the moment. Or could it work the other way? Earlier yesterday, we had the announcement that um, Hope Hicks, one of his uh, advisors, uh, tested positive. And it was, you know, no everyone knew that the president was in contact with him and the president waited several hours until he kind of uh, quarantined himself he attended a fundraiser with over 100 people there uh and and so the, i think you're going to see that the the scrutiny uh is going to re remain in place as far as his handling of this virus um so for for Many Americans, uh, that that is their primary focal point. Uh, I, I think that uh, you, you know that everyone is wishing him well and a speedy recovery. I think that his his handling of the virus is still he's still not been able to um, um, turn the page and, and really kind of uh, provide a, a, a much more cautious I think approach um, with this virus. Um, on the economy, he still remains the favorite candidate as far as, you know, what would be uh, the more friendlier policies for the economy. So I, I think he's he's really been counting on this vaccine announcements, uh, hopefully good news, and that, you know, the, the, the economy will be in a, a strong position early next year. Um, but, but, but uh, you know, I, I think you're probably going to see that. Uh, the amount of undecided voters is limited. I think that uh, you're 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 probably going to uh, see the latest developments. I think these debates they've really energized both sides. So I think you're going to probably have uh, high 
voting uh, results, and that uh, I, 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 I would not. I would not be surprised if, uh, you know, this provided maybe the president some momentum to narrow the gap, but I still think that um, you're probably going to still have uh, Biden maintain a, a fairly uh, decent lead going into uh, November 3rd. I think the other thing we have to consider with this as well is that ultimately Trump is still behind in the polls and considerably so, and he will have been relying on his rallies uh, and these next two debates in order to try and close this gap. So if he does become more seriously ill, we could be in a situation in a week's time where he's developed no symptoms, he's asymptomatic, he gets tested and he can carry on with his campaigning. But we could be also get to a situation like we did here in the UK with Boris where he does become more ill and he does need more care and it does take longer to fight off and he's effectively robbed of the opportunity to to carry on this important campaigning in order to try and close the gap in in areas where he he wants to be, he wants to be he, he, the rallies are really important to him these next two debates given uh, how much of a shambles the first one was is are going to be extremely important if he is going to be able to close this gap in the polls so yeah you, you could argue that he may get some of the sympathy vote or the uh, or anything like that uh, but at the same time, the, the, I think that's probably more than offset by what he loses in the, in these final important weeks. And I think the other, the, the the final thing as well is that the undecided vote is reportedly much smaller this time around than it was four years ago. So um, so maybe the margin in terms of how we could potentially benefit from this is much smaller than it may have otherwise been. We can't focus too long on the TV debates, and under normal circumstances, I would have asked you guys about it, but. Um, Generally, it's thought Biden edged that debate over Trump, but that almost seems like old news now. Ed? Uh, very, very much so. I, I think the biggest risk was that uh, people were expecting, will Vice President Biden have a, a, a mistake, a gaffe, where um, something that would just be uh, replayed all the way up until November? And uh, the... The, the debate was extremely disruptive. We, it was chaotic. There was uh, um, countless interruptions. And, and uh, I, I think what you saw was that uh, Biden, uh, for, for a good part in the beginning, was unable to really say anything <laughs> uh, because of the, the interruptions by the president. Um, it, it really did not work out well. I think the, the, the president's strategy was really to kind of um, disrupt uh, Biden's uh, flow of thought and, and and what we really saw was that uh biden you know he held his own he he it wasn't great but he did enough to to appease uh, his base and i i think that what you saw was there were a couple big topics that were brought up and uh, i i think that uh the uh the, the one thing that biden was struggling going into this debate was that he really did not have a strong momentum with the uh, african-american voter and uh, I, I think that there was a moment in that debate where uh trump did not properly or he did not clearly um, denounce white supremacy. And uh, that has been the storyline uh, for a lot of the media. And, and, and while, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a touchy subject, you really don't want to spend much time on this, but it really is resonating with African-American voters. And I think that for Biden, um, he, he really came out uh, with, with strong momentum because uh, he held his own. Um, he was able to, to handle all the topics. And, and uh, you might see that uh, uh, Trump's comments um, have, have energized uh, uh, some of that, that voting base, uh, which uh, Biden was uh, struggling with. As I said earlier, the 
I think many people's views of the debate itself was that it was a shambles. There was too much interrupting, and the, they have suggested that the format may be changed in these next two debates should they take place in order to prevent that from happening. But to be honest, short of muting one of their microphones while the other's talking, that may prove to be uh, quite difficult. But I guess we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. I think that one of the real takeaways here is that obviously, depending on who you support, you're going to you may have a different view on how the debate did turn out. And some will claim that Biden. Um, almost uh, by lowering himself to those types of standards, he 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 didn't appear very presidential. Uh, but then the the flip side of that is all you have to do is look back four years ago when Trump was debating with Hillary Clinton and Trump was using the same tactics then but it kind of made Hillary Clinton look a little bit weak and uh, like she'd been kind of trampled on during these debates because she didn't uh, fight back in the way that Biden did I think ultimately uh, everyone lost including the people who had to watch it and by uh, by default as a result it is effectively a Biden victory because he has that lead in the polls if no one's going to gain any ground in these uh, in these debates all biden has to do is hold his ground uh, and not concede and i think uh, from my point of view and probably from many point of view is i don't think anyone made any ground really in that election and that ultimately favors whoever's in the lead but looking at the boris johnson situation it looked like he was in a very bad way and he certainly was uh, for a time that did actually garner him quite a lot of sympathy timing wise all conquering hero conquers the virus and then uh, He's there for election day. Maybe the difference between the two in the end. Possibly. Uh, when you consider where the, the leads in these polls are, um, in not just the national polls, uh, but uh, in the battleground states, um, I, I think you have to go back several elections before we had such a, a strong lead. So uh, right right now, it, there, there's there's too much in the favor of, of uh, I think, uh, the former Vice President uh, Biden. And uh, you're probably going to see that uh, the the path of the economic recovery, you know, it's 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 obviously the the momentum is is slowing. We're at stall speed uh, with this recovery. So uh, the economy has not accelerated into the election, and I think President Trump was kind of counting on that. And uh, so right now, uh, it, it seems like everything is kind of working in, in Biden's favor. Right, I must move on, uh, guys. Um, we don't normally spend that much time on on one topic at the beginning, but it is fascinating and uh, uh, extraordinary times that we live in. And we said that a few times over the last few years. Let's talk about the latest non-farm payroll figures. And the US added fewer jobs than expected in September in a sign that uh, the rebound from economic collapse triggered by the pandemic is slowing employers adding 661,000 jobs against the more than 800,000 expected how did markets react ed they pretty much focused on the president's uh, positive uh, coronavirus news um, <laughs> it was a limited reaction to the employment report but i think it's a very important one it's the last one before the election um, it, it it shows that the uh, nascent labor market recovery is slowing uh, there, there's uh, a lot of people dropping out of the, the labor market. Um, the participation rate uh, news is, is disappointing. Um, we saw the biggest decline in government jobs since May. There is, it, it, there, there, it's a, it's a poor report. Um, I think that you're going to see that uh, this pretty much cements the, the, the hopes of the, the V-shaped recovery continuing. That's um, um, extremely unlikely. Um, there's, uh, there's too much weakness um, already in, in these numbers. And this is 
ahead of uh, some some massive layoffs that we're anticipating, possibly from Disney, possibly from the airlines. I know um, um, government leaders are discussing, they're trying to, lawmakers are trying to figure out something to provide more support for the airlines. But there's, there's a, you know, Americans already behaving too expected layoffs and you're going to see those numbers highly reflected i think in the coming months as far as uh consumer spending numbers and and, and the confidence is fading in the, in this economic recovery and uh you know we've been it, since the summer we've been expecting this next round of fiscal support and it, it's it's not transpired I, I think you know the after the election things will get done but um, you know in, in the meantime you're seeing hospitality retail construction transportation uh, you're gonna see those sectors uh, remain very vulnerable and uh, I, I think that you know everyone knows about the service sector they're, they're they're the ones at risk right now but like you're, you're gonna start to see further I think broad, widespread weakness in in, in uh, the labor market and uh, it's uh, it, it's not good for the outlook, and uh, I think uh, you'll probably see uh, investors will be uh, very uh, skeptical heading into the holidays. Okay, Craig, I know you're feeling a little bit left out today because Ed's really dominating proceedings, which is uh, understandable under the uh, circumstances. But let's talk about uh, your favorite subject. No, not cryptocurrencies. Uh, <laughs> Brexit. And uh, we have reached an important moment trade talks apparently running out of time according to the european commission president ursula von der leyen she made those comments ahead of a a meeting tomorrow of course a virtual meeting with boris johnson when the leaders will take stock of progress if there is such a word towards a deal so far and today completed the last round of formal talks in brussels that was um the negotiators david frost and michel barnier we have been here time and time and time again, but I do have a strong feeling that there will be a deal. The EU always makes a deal in the end. Come on, am I wrong? You're not wrong. I mean, it's following the script. Take emotion out of this. Take uh, the noise away. Ignore the headlines day to day. And it's following the script that always follows. We've had all of the games. We've even had a little bit of extra uh, sprucing up with the internal market bill, uh, causing that little bit of frustration, breaking international law. The EU now suing uh, the UK for doing so. Um uh, so there has been a little bit of extra spice, but it's just following the script. Now we've got the leaders intervening, having these high-level talks to try and break the impasse just before the deadline. Uh, we're tomorrow. Um, already we're seeing now like sources suggesting that talks will continue next week and they'll continue the week after. And I've just seen that, uh, that, that they'll probably continue into the final two weeks of October, so two weeks past the previous deadline to the new deadline, the new deadline that always appears when the previous deadline is inevitably met some things just never change and the only good thing about all of this is that we are nearing the end of the year which means hopefully we don't have to put up with this for too much longer because i don't think anyone at this point really believes that there's going to be an extension to the transitional period so the only good thing is that it will be over later this year uh, i'm with you I, I, and I, I always have been i've been slightly less confident recently but maybe only a little bit so i think a deal will happen uh, I've always thought a deal will happen. I've not always been right about when it will happen or which deal it will be. But I think it, the, the the basis has always been that common sense has to prevail and no deal benefits no one. No deal didn't benefit anyone two years ago. In the midst of a ta pandemic, that's, that's increasingly true. Uh, the last thing businesses need is uh, more uncertainty because we don't have a trade deal with the EU. 
More uncertainty on top of that because if the UK did follow through with the internal markets bill, that then puts us into a showdown with Congress, who've said that any breach of the Good Friday Agreement means that no trade deal can happen between the EU, the UK and the US. So suddenly you've got uh, Brexit, which is kind of uh, showing weakness in terms of not being able to get the deal with the EU over the line, which we got told would be quite straightforward, to then not even being able to get a trade deal with the US. I don't see all of that unfolding. I don't know who wins in that scenario, and that's an extremely difficult one to sell to the public. At the best time, a public that has backed Boris Johnson and given him the opportunity to deliver what he promised. So I just don't think that would flow. But at a time when there's a, a global pandemic when businesses are struggling some going bust people becoming unemployed i don't see who no deal actually suits beyond the the few people who would be in no way impacted whatsoever so i don't think boris johnson's going to want to go there i do think this is brinkmanship and i do think a deal is in the offing call me naive in a few months time call me stupid in a few months time uh we'll see if i'm proven wrong but uh i feel like common sense just absolutely has to prevail and we've just got to ignore the circus in the meantime and as you say, uh, the pandemic has made it even more important for both sides to come to uh, an agreement. And perhaps it's worked in the UK's favour because the EU isn't feeling as strong uh, as it may have under normal circumstances. And I, I, I'm not sure I believe those rumours that Boris Johnson would prefer uh, a no deal. I think that's almost like a leak that's been made uh, to frighten the EU. I think he wants a deal, um, as do apparently the other members in his team. Yeah, I mean, you've got to treat this like the game of poker that it is. And you've got two sides who are throwing out bluffs right, left and centre because they want the best deal possible at the end of it. And uh, I, th I think... Uh, You've, we've we've got we've got to ignore the circus. We've got to ignore the noise, and we can't always do that. Not everyone can, and uh, the, we you can't ignore the headlines. And uh, it, it's easy to get caught up in the the threats and all of that because uh, you're worried about what if they're actually telling the truth. And you've got you can't completely ignore it. And businesses have to make uh, have to make decisions based on what could happen rather than what they think will happen. Uh, but when when push comes to shove. I think a deal happens uh, because it suits both sides to, to do so. It may not be the comprehensive agreement that both sides will have wanted, but it will be enough to see us through the end of the year without too much disruption. And I think that's going to be so important for all concerned at this moment in time. OK, um, we're sort of running out of time now, I'm afraid, guys. So um, let's think of ahead to the next few days and uh, Ed let's start with you what are you looking forward to next week of course with all the news coming out of uh, Washington at the moment it's difficult even to think about anything else but you know that we're going to get the daily probably hourly reports of how President Trump is doing uh, whether or not other people in the administration have caught it as well and also you know how the Democrats uh, react to the situation because they're going to have to be clever as well but uh, is there anything else that we should be thinking about? There is. And uh, I think we're going to see a couple big events happen um, uh, Tuesday. Uh, you're going to have uh, top diplomats from the quad countries. They're going to gather in Tokyo and uh, they're going to discuss uh, China's influence in the uh, Indo-Pacific region. I think you're going to see possibly uh, some escalations here in uh, that U.S.-China uh, relations there. Uh, the uh, the other big event too that um, I think is going to be closely watched, and uh, normally it isn't, uh, is the, the the release of the minutes of the uh, September sixteenth Fed decision. Uh, so so uh, that meeting pretty much went out as, as expected. But what happened at that meeting was uh, policymakers for the first time they really discussed what is necessary to uh, 
to trigger a rate increase. And we'll find out whether or not they considered um, uh, increasing their asset purchases. So this is going to be a, a closely watched minutes because it's going to give give us a, a, a real insight as far as, you know, well, you know, the Fed has pretty much signaled uh, and they've had a, tr a lot of Fed speak uh, in the last few weeks. Um, confirming that rates are going to stay near zero till 2023. Um, but this is going to possibly outline us, well, what scenarios are going to happen uh, for us to see that change? And uh, uh, I, I think mar markets are forward looking. So we could see that, uh, you know, if, if they outline some more rosier conditions uh, on, on what would be allowed to, to do that, uh, you'll, you'll see markets already quickly react to that. And that'll affect the, 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 the treasury curve um, greatly. So those are kind of the, the two big events. Uh, we also have a, an interest rate decision from Australia. Um, it, it's really, a, um, no changes are expected. Uh, I think you're gonna see them um, with their policy programs and cash rate, just everything unchanged. So those are the other events to, to stay on top of. Final thoughts to you, Craig. Uh, anything that Ed's missed out there? I mean, the, the only one I was going to point out really was the ECB uh, on top of everything that we're seeing right now, uh, the, the minutes from the meeting last month. And, uh, and again, it's, they didn't really signal too much of the actual meeting itself. But at the same time, they, the, the expectation was that we were going to see them at least hint at more stimulus uh, before the end of the year. And that didn't materialise. And what's more is they seem very relaxed about the currency movements. They tried to clarify that afterwards. So perhaps the minutes will, will give us some more indication on what kind of currency movements they're comfortable with or uh, or, or whether they really discuss that in any depth at, at all uh, and whether they're even considering uh, can, talking about further stimulus measures uh, uh, in, in the final months of this year. But that aside, I think Ed's covered pretty much everything. There's plenty of economic data, of course. You've got the RBA rate decision, uh, but I think Ed's covered uh, everything else and obviously the ongoing political situation in the US and the continued talks in terms of a stimulus package. Very interesting discussion today, guys. Thanks very much for joining me and we look forward to speaking to you again next time around. Thank you. Have a good weekend, everyone. From the team behind Jazz FM's Business Breakfast, a daily early morning 30-minute briefing for the day ahead. On air from 6am. Listen to Jazz FM on DAB, online or just ask Alexa.